Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Please be seated. What is it about the image of a child that awakens our compassion and our empathy? Nothing quite cuts through our layers of apathy and compartmentalization, like a photo of a Palestinian or an Israeli father holding his wounded child, or the icon of the Holy Family as modern-day immigrants or even a creche with an infant resting not on soft hay, but amidst rubble, surrounded by jagged concrete, exposed rebar, and dusty brick. What is it about the image of a child in Mariupol, or Gaza, or Jerusalem, or Juarez that makes us pay attention? What is it about a Christ child in an unexpected setting like the Gaza Nativity that rattles our sense of identity and complacency? A child is about our future. But perhaps that future might not be quite what we expect. Could it be, we ask ourselves, that the child born to us will save us, not by propping up and solidifying any legacy we hope to have, but instead by disrupting it entirely. Now, we put a lot of expectation on our children. We want them to grow up happy, and we want them to grow up healthy, and, and, but would it kill them to reflect well on our family name as well? You may not know this, but I am the fourth person to carry my name. I am Bernard James Owens, the fourth. The fourth pretty rich, isn't it? Right? And, and it's not like we're, we're royalty or blue bloods or anything like that. We just happen to really like the name. It has a ring to it. Uh, so you can imagine the pressure that my wife and I felt when Graham was on the way and we're wondering, feels like it's a bit much to, to you know do round five but what is what does our family expect of us well thank goodness my sister and my father called me separately to say listen I, I, I we don't know what you're thinking here um, but the name has had a good run <laughs> and we think it might be time to retire the jersey which was a could be that could be read different ways right but, but we read it the good way, and we felt honestly relieved by it. Now, why do we have children to begin with? I mean, I know why, but why, what, what is it about, about that that, that, draw, that we're drawn to having children? Well, it's because they're innocent, and they're infinitely lovable. Because raising healthy, loving human beings is how we join with God in, in co-creating our world. 
But you know, also, and let's be honest, because we also kind of like the idea of having tiny versions of ourselves who can carry on our family line and maybe by doing that make us just the tiniest bit immortal. That could be part of what we're talking about when we talk about children being born to us. Now, I am the parent of a teenager and not all of my expectations have panned out. I do remember thinking, I, I want to be a dad. I, I want someone to hold, and I want someone to nurture, and I want someone uh, who I can teach the things that I've learned about this world. I don't remember saying, I want to be responsible for someone whose growth as a human being will re require me to grow at an equal or greater pace. Indeed, there will be a time when I will need to make myself smaller so that they can finally discover who they are. I will need to make them room. Now, back when my kiddos were manger-aged, I didn't realize how much my love for them and my responsibility to them would mean pouring myself out time and time again so that they could thrive, so that they could be prepared to grow. I didn't realize how hard that would be, but I didn't realize how much I would love it either. I have learned that parenthood is a master class in self-emptying, in learning to create room for the growth and thriving of another human being. And guess what? You don't have to be a parent. This is simply what Christian love requires of us. The child in our midst, and I think this is a big part of the nativity story, the child in our midst calls us to that adventure of vulnerability, calls us to pour ourselves out so that the child in our midst can have room. And somehow by doing that, we manage to make room for the whole world. Unto us a child is born. God has willingly poured God's self into the world of humanity. Which means that not only is Jesus subject to all the, sa the same joys and the same scraped knees of human life, but that God the parent has chosen this same radical vulnerability that we all experience when we live in the world, that we all experience when we raise and nurture another human being. God has said for all time that it is not the nature of the divine to, to, to sit up in the tower and watch the world or even to move us about like pieces on a chessboard, but rather to become as meek and interdependent as every single one of us. God has come to be with us. But this is not risk-free for either party.
No real relationship ever is. George Buttrick wrote, To believe that God is strong and almighty is one thing, but that God is with us, God the near. The understanding and the intimate, that is best of all. The eternal God coming down to human life, stripping away all of the world's pride in the immense simplicity of a humble birth in occupied territory. This isn't what you do when you want to show the power. This is what you do when you love someone, when you really love someone, as God loves humanity. What is it about the search for the sacred child that so captures our imagination? What does it mean for powerless folk to hold on to the belief that somewhere today, in some humble household, the one who will speak God's liberation is at this very moment swaddling and feeding and being raised on pure love? What might it mean for the folks who hold limitless power to know that the great healer of the world, who is also the great disruptor of the world, might just be growing up in one of those neighborhoods or towns that have long since been forgotten? The child born to us was born into a system of dehumanization. This was the Roman Empire where there was land all the way to the horizon, but strangely enough, there wasn't room for this one to be born. He was born, in Howard Thurman's words, into the great mass of men for whom fear was a climate closing in. Rome, he said, was a barrier to one's peace of mind, and Rome was everywhere. God promised something most had never known. And that was peace. The promise, this promise of peace, this was not what they thought they'd heard about. This was not the Pax Romana keeping the masses in line so much as it was peace for all of God's children starting from the very bottom. If it didn't come from the bottom up, then it wasn't true peace especially if it had to be enforced by violence. It is the child who turns the world upside down. It is the child who knows only love and vulnerability who ushers in the new world. Rajnadella writes, every child, every child, nurtured with Christ consciousness, can be empowered to dismantle the empire. The search for this child is a holy thing. Woe to us if we should ever fall asleep and stop looking. But what happens when we finally do find that child or simply stumble upon him or her or them 
And we're so proud of ourselves. We, we go on the great journey and we get there and God says, I put a star like right over it, like with light and everything. But, but good job finding. Well done, right? This child is nothing short of God's very being poured out into a world of flesh and blood and endless uncertainties. God has taken a risk. The kind of thing that a parent does for their children simply because that is what love does. God's vulnerability, the total openness of a parent, becomes the food on which our souls become strong. So if we looked into the manger, good, it's there. So, we, so if we looked into the manger and we simply saw ourselves, same, same skin color, same hair, same language of origin and everything, then we might find affirmation and we might even find something that feels like a legacy. But you know what? We would miss the whole gift of the incarnation. You see, a child is not a sponge for a legacy, but it is the promise of its very transformation. The Christ child is God's self out. It is the total transformation of the world through this act of vulnerability. And it is an invitation to each and every one of us to do the same. Let every heart prepare him room. Heaven and nature sing, not because we have a new crown prince, but because through this child we see what love really is. It is innocence and vulnerability. It is midnight feedings and heartfelt reconciliation. It is a willingness to prepare room for infinite grace and love by pouring ourselves into the same humble manger. Amen.